The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network and is sponsored by me and my company, D. Joseph Design. Check out how I can help you by visiting djosephdesign.com. See what kind of designs I can do for you. Like, especially, you need nice-looking cover art for your podcast. I can do that for you so it looks great in iTunes or wherever else. Check it out. djosephdesign.com has my portfolio and you can see what I've done. Contact me through all the normal means that are in the episode. The Audacity Podcast is also sponsored in part by GoToMeeting. More on that later. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 19, picking a good domain for your podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Audacity to Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel J. Lewis, also known as The Ramen Noodle. I am so happy to have you back and listening because you guys are great. You come back every single week and you come for some advice and come to hear some tips and things you might not have learned before. And I hope that I am giving you all of that because my purpose here with the Audacity Podcast is to give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm so glad that you're here and listening. I've got some cool stuff to share with you today because how many of you struggle with picking a domain for your podcast or for your website, even if you're not podcasting or you're trying to just start a separate website, maybe not even to host a podcast. And how can you tell if the domain you get is really a good domain and what kind of things should you look out for? That's what we're going to talk about today, leading into teaching you how I can just so simply tell you, visit the com slash 19 for the show notes. And that, by the way, is the address for this week's episode, the Audacity to to, let's try that again. The audacity to podcast.com slash 19 are the show notes for this episode. How can I say that? How is it so easy for me to say that when actually, if you look at those show notes, you're going to see that it's really noodle.mx slash the dash audacity dash two dash podcast slash TAP 019 dash all this other stuff too on with it. So how can I say something so simple as theaudacitypodcast.com slash 19? I'll explain more about that next week in the next episode, but I need to build up to it because first we need to talk about domains, the actual domain that you have for your website or podcast. But before I get into that, I am happy to have back as a sponsor Citrix. Citrix makes a fantastic project product called GoToMeeting. Just picture this for a minute. You're in a meeting. No, not actually sitting in chairs. That's pretty rough, that, just being in a meeting in person. You're in a meeting over a telephone. And 
the people in the meeting are trying to explain stuff that's on their slides, or maybe they're not even explaining it at all, and you have to keep reminding them, um, I can't see what you're talking about. I don't know what you're pointing to. Or people on the conference call are close to the microphone or far away from the microphone, and you can't hear them, you can't tell what they're saying, or you have to ask them to repeat themselves, or they can't hear you, or all of this stuff that can happen. It's a pain to have a meeting like that. It's frustrating. But I've got good news for you. Just use gotomeeting.com to hold your meetings online. The advantage to that is, well, it's really easy. You can set up your meeting in advance or start one just right away. And as soon as someone says, let's have a meeting, you say, okay. You just press a few buttons and you're on your way. And everyone else simply logs into gotomeeting.com and then they can see your computer desktop on their screen so you don't have to try and describe slides to them they can see the slides for themselves and you can show them what you're talking about gotomeeting is brought to you by citrix the easiest most secure way to hold an online meeting i have used gotomeeting before and i plan to use it again You, my listeners, can try GoToMeeting free for 45 days. That's a month of unlimited meetings for free. For this special offer, you must visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use promo code PODCAST. Now, you'll notice on the site it says a 30-day free trial. That's why you need the promo code PODCAST is because it gives you a 45-day trial. That's 50% more to try. So that's gotomeeting.com. Click the try it free button and use the promo code podcast. Thank you, Citrix, for your support of the Audacity to Podcast. You got a great product. Now let's talk about domains. The domain that you use for your podcast is how people are going to find you. It's how people will remember you. It's how people get to your content. Like I said, next week we'll talk about making your website URLs easier, like my being able to say the audacity to podcast.com slash 19. But this week I want to talk just about the domains. First of all, you have to understand it is very important that you have a domain. Even if you're just using that domain to forward to something else. Let me give you an example. Now, I am very opinionated in this because I come from a website production background. I am a web designer. That's what I do professionally. And so what you need to do is make sure that you have a good domain. Imagine this. You hear a podcaster and they say, visit our site at the most awesome podcast in the world dot wordpress.com. Well, to me, that immediately sounds like, oh, they weren't even willing to pay the $10 a year to get a domain, their own domain. It that's really that's all it costs. Ten or twelve dollars a year. I can register domains for twelve dollars a year. If you're interested in that, just email me feedback at noodle.mx. But anywhere, GoDaddy, or sometimes domains are included with website hosting. But even if you're not using hosting, if all you're using is just WordPress.com, that's where they host the blog for you. 
or if you're using Blogger or whatever system you're using, have your own domain because this is part of your branding. This is how people will get to your website from anywhere other than clicking on a hyperlink. It's on your business cards. You will speak it to people. You will say it in your podcast. You will tweet about it. All of this, it has to be memorable. Now, there are certain ways to keep it memorable and keep it applicable to your podcast. First, you've heard of the KISS method, K-I-S-S. They'll say, keep it simple, stupid. But I'm not going to say that because you guys are smart people. It's not absolutely critical that your domain be short, but I do want to keep it. I do want KISS to stand for keep it short and simple. It doesn't have to be just a few letters, but in general, the shorter it is, the simpler it is. If you stick to just letters, then you always run the risk of people getting the letters wrong in the wrong order. So you might have to register those extra domains and then that costs extra. I'll tell you that the Noodle Mix Network was almost djd.tv. I thought that had a nice ring to it, the D. Joseph Design Media Network, but it didn't really make sense and people would wonder, well, what's DJD really stand for? And I'd have to be very careful in pronouncing it very clearly so that people hear DJD and they don't hear EJE or GJG or whatever. So if it's just letters, that can be a little bit hard to understand. However, there are times when maybe you do want to abbreviate things. Let me give you an example. Imagine you've got a podcast that's run by a community and you're talking about Android phones, mobile phones, running the Android operating system. So you have Android mobile phones community podcast.com. <laughs> that's extremely long and it can be a little bit hard to remember. Like, Consider, is it Android Mobile Phone Community Podcast or Android Mobile Phones, plural, Community Podcast? There are too many words there that people could mess up or misspell or get the singular versus plural wrong. Instead, you could drop something like that down to AMP Community Podcast, A-M-P, Android Mobile Phone, AMP Community Podcast, or even drop the word podcast, and it could just be ampcommunity.com. And that will help you out because it's much easier to remember, especially if the abbreviation makes a word, then it can be easier for people to spell it. Like amp can make a word, and it's easier for people to spell than if you always say AMP, but do spell it anyway. Unless you've got something that's super easy to remember how to spell. Occasionally spell your domain. It doesn't hurt. So try and keep it short and keep it simple. The other thing is there are all sorts of ways that you can end the podcast, either I mean, the domain. They're called, technically, they're called top level domains. Some people call them domain extensions. This is that dot com, dot net, dot TV, dot whatever. It's that last part of the podcast. That's called a top-level domain or a TLD. 
There are so many different ones you could get. Did you know before I started podcasting with the Noodle Mix Network, did you know that you could get a .mx? You might not have known. Did you know that there's .cc? Yeah, you probably knew that because there are plenty of .ccs out there. There are .so many things out there. It's amazing how many different .dot things there are. Top-level domains from different countries, and there are many that are U.S.-based. Like the most popular ones, you know, .com, .net, .org. There are other things like .edu is for only academic organizations. You can't get a .edu unless you have all sorts of official legal paperwork. .gov for government things. Again, you have to have official stuff. .org is generally nonprofit organizations. .com, though, is the golden top-level domain because that's what people will usually default to. When they type something out, when they type a domain, they're usually going to type .com com at the end. So it's very important that if you can get the dot com. Extremely important. Now, there are exceptions, certainly many exceptions, where the alternative top-level domain is part of your branding. For example, my friend Cliff Ravenscraft has the Generally Speaking Production Network. His web address is gspn.tv. .tv is generally used or supposed to be for video-based websites like shows about TV or video podcasts and such. But depending on your network and what you plan to get into or your podcast, you might consider using .tv. .tv can be more expensive and many of these other alternate domain, top-level domains can be more expensive or they could be the same price as .com. There are other top-level domains that may be useful for you, like .info. For example, uh, my friend Michael Prince, who was actually a guest on the Ramen Noodle Clean Comedy podcast once, has a podcast called Too Much Information Podcast. His web address is tmipodcast.com. Now that that right there, that's a fantastic web address. Everyone knows what TMI stands for. Many people know what TMI stands for. And if you say too much information, they think TMI. Well, it's already a great domain. But just for example, now this domain is being squatted at the moment. But just for example, what if he acquired the domain too much.info? Ooh, that's kind of cool, isn't it? Because his whole name is right there in the domain, too much.info. That could have been cool. Well, the domain is actually already taken. It's being squatted, as they say, which is where it's registered, but nothing is being done with it. Of course, you know that I have chosen .mx for the Noodle Mix Network. And my reason for that is because it's part of the name. It's part of the branding. Instead of saying noodlemix.com, I want something even shorter. So noodle.mx, network, noodle mix. And whenever people see it, they pronounce it correctly. So it works great. They pronounce it noodle mix, and it's just easy for me to say noodle mix. Well, there have been other things where people have gotten a little more elaborate with these dots things, such as 
dell.isio.us. Do you know what that is? That was delicious before Yahoo bought delicious. Was dell.isio.us. Which could always be hard to try and remember how to type it. But it was kind of cute. Nah. To an extent. If you want to make some of these weird domains... Let me give you an address where you can type in things. It's Domainer. It's D-O-M-A-I dot N-R. Now that's cute. Yeah, sure, that's cute. And you can type in things there and it will suggest ways that you can make short URLs or something big or make something that is a word with the extension. And it will help you see extensions that you may have never even realized existed. So that's at Domainer. But it is important that if at all possible, get the .com. If you can't get the .com, try and rework your name or condense your name or simplify your name in some ways like I already shared some examples of. But in the process of simplifying and make it, making it short or trying to get the .com. Also, here's the third thing. Make it, or fourth thing rather, make it easy to spell and understand. Let's let's take the example again of you have an Android phone podcast. So you want to call it the great Android podcast. And that's maybe your screen YouTube screen name. Well, yeah, that it can be cute to do certain things like GR, the number eight. A-N-D-R, the number zero. See, replace the O's with zeros. Replace the E's with eights or with threes or replace anything that sounds like eight with the number eight and all of this. That can be cute as a screen name, like on YouTube or in a forum or something where you are the only person in the world that has to type it. Maybe it'd be better as a password though because it is not easy to tell people And it's not easy to retype because sometimes zeros can look like uppercase O's or vice versa. And just imagine spelling that. Okay, G-R, the number eight, Android, but but with a zero instead of uh, an O because I'm so cute and then podcast, but a zero instead of an O and dot com. But there the dot com is with an O. You see how complicated that can get? Make it simple. Don't try and be cutesy and internet speak with all of this stuff that I think is just nonsense. I hate these like texting abbreviations and stuff. Don't put that in a domain. The other thing is if you have to explain the domain spelling, then maybe you need to pick something else. Like I gave the example, GR the number eight. No, don't don't even try that. Just do something simple or even consider renaming your podcast so that it works. Now also try to avoid hard to spell words or ambiguous words, especially some of the international things. Like, example, special effects podcast. Well, as Americans, already we struggle with the use of 
effect with an E and affect with an A. So if you just say it out, specialeffectspodcast.com, well, some people might try and type specialeffectspodcast.com or some people might type special effects podcast, which would be the correct one. Special effects are special effects, not effects or affects. Or they might even try and just do something cute like special and then just the letters fxpodcast.com. If you really want to use something like specialeffects.com, then register effects and fx as well. Yes, it can be expensive, but do you want those domains going to your competitors? Or do you want people getting confused when they type in your domain? Just have those alternate domains or alternate spellings redirect to whatever you want the real one to be. Just like get the domain that you want to redirect to even your wordpress.com. Although there are still ways to make even a wordpress.com use your domain. But that's a little too technical to talk about here. Make your domain easy to spell and easy to understand. Fifth thing. Beware of forming new words. It's okay to invent a new word. There there are many examples of this, like Drupal or Joomla or Zanga or all of these things. Sure, it's okay to do that as long as it's easy to spell. If it's not easy enough to spell, then make sure that you register the other domains as well. But I'm referring to words that you didn't intend people to hear or didn't intend for them to read. Most of the time, unfortunately, these new words can tend to be offensive and risque and off-color. And it's really strange how that works, that somehow it's always the profane words that can be created by mixing two words together. So let me give you an example. The Special Effects Podcast. Maybe you want to abbreviate it to make it simpler. So you do sfxpodcast.com. Okay, sfx. That's Unfortunately, that's a common abbreviation for special effects. But at a glance, the F can look like an E. You can see where this is going, can't you? It's no longer the special effects podcast, it's the different kind of stuff podcast. Be very careful with your abbreviations and what words you may be spelling. Also be careful with what you are doing by putting words together and how things might be read. There are many examples of this. I don't want to share them within here because uh, some of them can be quite offensive, but... Consider, for example, just a single word, therapist, can also read as what? The rapist. Eh, you probably don't want to have the domain bobbytherapist.com. Bobbytherapist.com? Eh, ouch. Or consider this one. Maybe you have a company that likes to collect 
technical junk from IT departments at different companies. They're like scraping the junk out of IT or whatever. So they have the brand name IT Scrape. Well, when it's written out, it might look like it's saying it's crap. (laughs) You see where this is going? It can be saying stuff about you or your company that you may not even want. Your word combinations need to be watched very carefully. I'll tell you something funny from uh, back when I used to do a lot more print design is that I made this newsletter for someone and there were two headlines and this was early on. This was my first ever freelance client, I think. I made this newsletter for them and they wanted to explain who they were and also one of the uh, employees, it was a family-run business and the wife had recently broken her neck or fractured her neck, something with her neck. So she was wearing this cast. And so they had these two articles on the front page. One was the wife talking about her neck and the other, the lead article was talking about who this company was. And so here are the headlines in the order that they were placed, not right next to each other, but pretty close. And I, I can't believe I didn't catch this. Like I said, this was 10 years ago or so. It said, who are we? Next article, a pain in the neck. (laughs) That one to this day is quite embarrassing. Watch out for your coupon codes, by the way. Coupon, coupon. And what words you combine together. Finally, sixth thing, seventh, whatever number we're up to. Use your domain for your email address. Again, going back to the first point, even if that domain is simply forwarding to somewhere else, I will tell you, I've got all of these different email addresses like me at theramanoodle.com or feedback at noodle.mx or mail at djosephdesign.com or uh, daniel at podcampcincinnati.com and all of these different names, us at areyoujustwatching.com. Do I actually have all of those email accounts set up and do I check all of them separately? No, that would be a pain in the neck. What I do is I have all of them forward to Gmail, to my personal Gmail account. I'm not even using Google Apps. I'm just setting them up to forward to my email account. I set that up when I create the email address. I don't create it as an email account. I set it up as an email forwarder. So all it does is it forwards to my Gmail account. And then in Gmail, you can do this with Google Apps too, but in Gmail, I just set up a send from or send as account and it verifies it that I can do that. So that way, when I'm writing an email in Gmail, I can choose what account I want it to be sent from. Do I want it to be sent from my the Ramen Noodle account, from my Noodle Mix account, from my D. Joseph Design account, or from my personal account, whatever. What's important about this is it just sounds so much more professional. Again, going back to branding, going back to having your own domain in the first place is, would you trust someone more if they say, visit mypodcast.com or if they say, visit mypodcast.podbean.freepodcast.com slash users? No. Well, it's not really an issue of trust. It's an issue of professionalism. Do you sound professional? Now, again, I'm not saying you have to be perfect. 
I'm one step below a perfectionist, which is I like things to be perfect, but I won't kill myself to get it there. And I won't kill others to get it there. But still, it is so easy to get your domain and it's so cheap too. I can, like I said, I can register them for you for $12 a year. My profit margin on that, by the way, is very low. So don't feel bad if you go somewhere else. But if you want to buy a domain through me, I can do that for you. 10 or $12 a year. That's all it costs for your domain. And many times you can set up free email forwarding with those domains. So you can have your email address forward somewhere else. Again, going back to separate email accounts and forwarding. What do you think sounds better to say, email me at the audacity podcast at gmail.com? Or should I just say, email me at feedback at the audacity podcast.com? See, it's part of branding. Now, by the way, I haven't set up that email address. I just prefer everything to go to one email account. That way, everyone who's subscribing to all of my shows hears the same email address and doesn't have to remember a bunch of things. And that is feedback at noodle.mx. So when you are making a domain, get a domain in the first place. Very important to have one because it's part of your branding. People will know you by your domain and make sure your domain is very close to your podcast unless you've got a network. Like I have the network noodle.mx, noodle mix network, but I have all these separate domains like theaudacitypodcast.com forwards to the Audacity to Podcast within Noodle Mix Network. Keep it short and simple. Kiss. Get the domain with a .com unless the alternatives fit or if you have a good reason for getting something other than .com, but always try and get the .com if you can. Make it easy to spell and understand. Beware forming new words. Hey, if you want to have some fun, go ahead and list some thoughts in the comments at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 19, but please don't list the extremely offensive ones. But if you want to list some funny ones, that's fine. Maybe I'll read them on the show next week. And finally, use your domain for your email address. Even if it's just a forwarder, still use it for your email address. So if you've got this email address, like maybe it's ampcommunity.com, you could have the email be feedback or mail or contact or listeners or me or us at the name of your podcast.com or whatever the address is. And it all goes to one place, just like in Finding Nemo. All drains lead to the ocean. Well, make sure if you want things to be easy, make all of your domains go to the same place. Make your email address go to the same place. It'll be easier for you. And for your listeners, it will be easier for them if they don't have to try and remember dozens of email addresses, dozens of web addresses, or really long, complicated web addresses. It all comes down to that kiss. Keep it short and simple. Finally, or two things I want to share with you as we close is I received an email from someone with a question, and this is from uh, George, that's spelled with a J-O-R-G-E. He says, 
I run purelycatholic.com, which by the way, nice domain there. He's got the .com. It's an easy to remember domain, purelycatholic.com. Recording my program using regular dynamic mics connected to a soundboard. I think he means a mixer. I have a Behringer adapter to output the right and left output to USB. So he's got one of these things I've talked about that you plug into the mixer and it takes your audio from the mixer into your computer via USB instead of just a straight audio jack. Sound coming out of the board to auxiliary and headphone jacks is perfect. The sound on the adapter monitor port and in Audacity has a hiss. I currently remove it using the Audacity noise removal. Your Chris says dynamic compression works too. Well, that would only remove the noise in between his talking. If I have Audacity running on a Windows laptop, how else can I get the soundboard connected to my laptop, hopefully to remove the hiss? I'm hoping not to have to spend too much money, but if that hiss goes away, I may splurge. And that's from George at purelycatholic.com. Well, George, it's a little hard to tell you exactly how you could remove this, but I'll give you some tips and anyone else who's facing this too. A couple things to look for in this process. First thing, if you are recording into a laptop, just try this just as a test. Unplug the laptop from the power. Just check that and run off battery power. See if that changes your noise. If it does, then you've got some grounding issues. Or try unplugging everything you can from your computer to see if that's eliminating the noise. But here's something interesting that he says. He's hearing this noise, this hiss, in his headphones when he plugs into the monitor port of the USB adapter. He's got one of these adapters that has a headphone jack right on the adapter. And he's hearing the hiss in there. So then the problem is somewhere between the USB adapter and the soundboard. Here are some things that you could check for. If everything sounds okay on the soundboard on your mixer, a couple things may be going on. First of all, where is your main volume? Your main volume may be up really high and you have your headphones turned down. What that might do is that might generate more hiss in the output even though you're not hearing it with your headphones. So check what kind of volume is going to your adapter in the first place. Some other things to check are, well, like check all your volume levels and just find a neutral area where things are sounding the same volume between all of them. A very easy to make mistake is letting the audio line from the mixer touch certain things. Make sure you get some good thick audio cable to go from your mixer to the USB adapter because you don't want interference by, especially if it's sitting on a power cord. That can generate a lot of interference. Additionally, look for things that are plugged in nearby or might be running at the same time, like maybe it's a circuit breaker problem. Your microwave could be running or refrigerator or air conditioner or heater or anything like that could be generating some kind of electrical noise. That that would be a more of a static, but a hiss sounds like probably a volume problem, that something is turned up too loud or 
maybe the headphones that you're wearing just aren't letting you hear the hiss very well. So check your volumes. Check to make sure your wire isn't draping over anything that could be causing interference or causing a hiss. And also make sure you've got a nice, good quality wire audio cable running from your mixer to your USB adapter. Finally, I want to share an Audacity tip with you. And this is something I often see people wondering, and it's actually quite simple, but it doesn't always work. But that is, how can you remove the vocals from a song? If you want to make a parody of a song and you want to record yourself singing into Audacity, and so you're going to make this parody of it, rather than trying to find the karaoke track or all of this, you want to just remove the vocals from the song. It can be very easy and very effective depending on the song. And that is if the song has the voice right in the middle, almost a mono, or it's equally in the left and right, which most songs do. So here's how you do it with Audacity. Bring your music into Audacity. In the left-hand side of Audacity for that music track, where it has the spot uh, just near the little X for the track, there's a little down arrow, click on that, and then click Split Stereo to Mono. This will create two mono channels for you. With these two mono channels, one was the left channel, one is the right channel, what you want to do is select the complete single channel of one of those. It doesn't really matter which one, but just pick one. Go to the effect menu, click invert, and it inverts certain things about the sound. And then go to the tracks menu and click mix and render. Or just export your audio straight from there. Or just play it right then and see how it sounds. What this will do, unfortunately, is it does make a mono recording, but it often removes the voices, and it can do an amazing job at removing the voices. The stipulations with this are, what it's doing is it's inverting audio on one side, leaving it uninverted from the other. In most music, the left and the right sound slightly different. But the vocals being right in the center are exactly the same on the left side as in the right side. Unfortunately, so are certain other instruments like the rhythm or certain bass instruments. So you might lose those when you do this. But what inverting it does, the way audio works, is that when audio is inverted and played against the uninverted self, it cancels itself out. It's like, what do you get when you add plus one to minus one? Well, because the inverted plus the non-inverted combine, they cancel each other out. You get zero. That's what happens with this. You get the audio in the left side, inverted with the audio in the right side. You mix it together, you get nothing left when it's in mono. So that removes the voice from it. But it doesn't work on all songs, and it depends on the reverb or echo, and especially certain... Uh, things in the background are often not removed because they're put slightly left or right or they've got reverb and all of this other stuff. But it does work for most of your songs out there. So that's the Audacity tip. So thank you for listening. If you want to get the show notes to this episode, 
they will be at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 19. Come back next time to learn how I make those URLs so simple and just say slash 19. You may think you know, you probably don't know. You know part of it, part of the little story. But I'll give you some tips on how to do that so that way your show notes can be simple and easy to get to. In the meantime, please remember that you can follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. Check out the other podcasts on the Noodle Mix Network over at noodle.mx. And please, 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 please remember to submit to nominate the Audacity Podcast for the Technology Award in the upcoming Podcast Awards, which will be at podcastawards.com. Again, email your questions or feedback to feedback at noodle.mx. Call in to 859-353-4332 or leave a comment on the show notes, which will be at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 19. Thank you, George, for emailing in. And I hope that you guys, our other listeners, will email in too. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm your host, Daniel J. Lewis. Thank you very much for listening.